at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the September 27th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Our starting line for Tuesday's show is African Athletics. Two-time Olympic marathon champion Elliot Kipchoge's world record run on Sunday in Germany is spurring young athletes in his home country of Kenya to run in his footsteps. VOA's Mariama Jallo reports from Nairobi, Kenya. Cheers erupted from the crowd at Nairobi's Karura Forest as they watch Kenya's Elliot Kipchoge on TV break his own world record at the Berlin Marathon. The watch party on Sunday followed an amateur marathon organized by Friends of Karura Forest to celebrate their 25th anniversary. Karanja Njorogi is a past chairman of the conservation group who serves on its board. Absolutely magnificent as everybody went wild. Uh, seeing the guy was so way ahead and everybody just uh, felt so elated by, by the efforts of our king of athletics. Elliot Kipchoge. Kipchoge's new record, 30 seconds faster than his previous world record set in Berlin in 2018, is now two hours, one minute, and nine seconds. Yorogi says it's an inspiration. I think it encourages people, uh, gives people hope, uh, and even those who will never compete begin to believe because this guy is 37 years old, yeah, and and he's breaking world records. Barnabas career is an executive member of Athletics Kenya, the governing body for track and field sports. It's inspired the, the youth, it's inspired not only the youth, but practically all the athletes from Kenya. You know, Kipchoge is one of the few athletes who are completely determined, is also very focused. Career, who is also chairman of youth development at Athletics Kenya, says camps have been set up nationwide to encourage sports. We got the support from the government to do that uh, in the last three years, and we had also Elliot Kipchoge talking to those athletes uh, when they were in the camp. So this is an opportunity for us now to give our athletes an example that they can do well. Uh, if they remain focused, if they work hard. Kipchoge has won 15 out of 17 career marathons, including two Olympic gold medals. Mariama Jalu, VOA News, Nairobi, Kenya. Thanks, Mariama. Elliot Kipchoge says he hopes his latest world record will inspire other runners to, in his words, break their own limits. Writing at his Facebook page, Elliot says those limits could be and I quote, your first run, a new personal best, and anything in between. And Kipchoge continues, believe that with the right heart and mind, you can achieve greatness in all of life. And Elliot Kipchoge's Facebook post reminds me, you can follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. 
Kenya's world record holder in the women's marathon, Bridget Koske, has withdrawn from the London Marathon on October 2nd because of what's described as a minor hamstring injury. The 28-year-old Koske says, and I quote, I have been struggling over the past month with an issue in the hamstring of my right leg. My training has been up and down and not the way I would like to prepare to be in top condition for the London Marathon. Bridget Kuske won the London Marathon women's title in 2019 and 2020. She was fourth last year in the British capital after winning a silver medal at the Tokyo Olympics. In 2019, Kuske set the women's world record of two hours, 14 minutes and four seconds at the Chicago Marathon. This is the voice of... Of America, Washington, D.C. Here in Washington, President Biden has greeted last year's World Series baseball champions with a nod to one of their legends. The AP Sagar Magani reports. Just over a year ago, nobody figured the Atlanta Braves would even make the playoffs. And then they went on what the president calls an unstoppable, joyous run, ending with a series win over the Houston Astros. Forever known as the upset kings of October. The current Braves were behind him in the East Room, but the focus was on a late legend. This team is defined by the courage of Hank Aaron, the home run king. The Hall of Fame Brave who died before last season. We still think we had a special angel looking over us. Brave CEO Terry McGurk. Hank Aaron. Aaron, pulling the strings from on high. Sagar Magani, Washington. Thanks, Sagar. This year's Braves team has the third best record in the National League at 96 wins and 58 losses. The Braves have already clinched a playoff spot and they beat the hometown Washington Nationals on Monday night. As we hear now from the AP's Chuck Freeman. Bryce Elder threw his first ever complete game, a six-hit shutout as the Atlanta Braves beat Washington 8 nothing. It means a lot, but at the same time, it's just another win. We, we're we trying to stack the wins on top of each other here and, and, and get ready for this weekend and, and the next three games after that. The win allowed the Braves to move within a game of the NL East leading New York Mets. The Braves and Mets with that big weekend showdown beginning on Friday. Chuck Freeman. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bubu music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, afrobeat to ndombolo and makosa to kwaito. The African beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 0905 and 2005 UTC right after the international news. 
Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat music show. On the basketball beat, the sports world governing body, FIBA, has launched an investigation after a fight broke out among Mali players at the Women's World Cup in Australia. The incident occurred Monday in the mix zone. That's the area where reporters interview players. And it happened after Mali's 81-68 loss to Serbia. It was Mali's fourth consecutive loss at the tournament and eliminated the team from the Women's World Cup. Serbian television showed one member of the Malian team, Salimatu Karoma, throw at least three punches at her teammate, Kamite Elizabeth Dabu. Karoma later apologized, saying, and I quote, We were frustrated because of the loss, so we're here to apologize to the whole of basketball at the FIBA Women's World Cup. FIBA says once the investigation is completed, it will decide on any disciplinary measures. This is Colonel Sam Amedu, retired president FIBA Africa Zone 3. You are once more listening to Sunny Side of Sports on the Voice of America. Thank you very much and have a good day. Thank you very much, Colonel Sam, and I hope you're having a good day, too. The powerhouse USA team is the favorite to once again lift the trophy at the FIBA Women's Basketball World Cup in Australia. The defending champion American women are bidding for their 11th world title. On Tuesday, the USA routed Bosnia and Herzegovina 121-59. to It was the 27th win in a row for the American women. And that big win came just 24 hours after the American women set an all-time FIBA Women's Basketball World Cup scoring record when they crushed South Korea 145-69. to As Colonel Sam might say, the USA is having good days in Australia. Hello, this is Heidi Adams, host of Straight Talk Africa. Join me to explore what is now and what is next for African society, culture and politics. We'll go behind the headlines to analyze the news and emerging trends shaping Africa today. Straight Talk Africa, every Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Turning to tennis, one of our big stories this month was the 19-year-old Spaniard Carlos Alcaraz becoming the youngest player in history to reach number one in the ATP World Rankings after lifting the U.S. Open trophy in New York. In this sunny side of sports highlight for 2022, the AP's Graham Agars reports. Spain's Carlos Alcaraz has written himself into the tennis history books by securing his first major win at the US Open. The 19-year-old Spaniard became the first teenager to reach the top of the ATP World Rankings and he did it by toughing out another lengthy New York battle, securing a 3-hour and 20-minute slugfest over Norway's Kasper Ruud, 6-4, 2-6, 7-6, 6-3. It's crazy for me, you know. Uh, 
I've never thought that the, I, I was going to achieve uh, something like that at 19 years old. Uh, so everything is came so so fast. Alcaraz had reached his first Grand Slam final on the back of three consecutive five-set battles, but still somehow had enough energy to close out his historic win. It has been a, a great round here in the in US Open. Obviously, it's great to, to have the trophy here. Uh, but uh, I would say I, I mean, I overcome myself uh, a little bit. I mean, I, yeah, I, I played uh, great matches, high intensity during the, the, the two weeks that uh, I've never done before. World number one, Iga Svantec has held off a second set fight back by Ons Jabur to claim her first US Open title. Svantec breezed through the first set against a tight Jabur, racing to a three-love lead in just eight minutes and went on to close out the one-sided set 6-2. The Tunisian again went down love three in the second, but finally found some touch and forced a set to a tiebreaker but couldn't close, with the pole finishing off the win 6-2, 7-6, securing the tiebreaker seven points to five. In second set, it got really physical. Um, and I'm happy that I got my um, level of energy up a little bit more so I could finish. The victory secured Svantec her third major title, adding the New York win to her two French Open successes. It's something that I wasn't expecting for sure. It's also like a confirmation for me that sky's the limit. And uh, I'm, I'm proud, also surprised a little bit and just happy that I was able to do that. I'm Graham Agar. Thanks, Graham. Tunisian tennis star Anz Jabur says she has no regrets about her performance in the U.S. Open Women's Singles Final. To be honest with you, I have nothing to regret because I did everything possible and uh, I wish I served a little bit better today. It would have helped me a lot. But, um, you know, I, uh, you know Iga, how she plays in finals and uh, it, it's very tough to beat her. But, I mean, I, I will keep positive and, and work on the things that was missing today. Anz Jabur is at number two in the world behind Iga Sviantek in this week's Women's Tennis Association rankings. The Tunisian has reached the final of two major tournaments in 2022, the U.S. Open and Wimbledon. For reaction to her performances this year, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with Nigerian tennis analyst Adekunle Salami. I'm really excited that an African is playing so well and is ranked so high in the female circuit of world tennis. You know, Jabo has done well by playing in the final of a Grand Slam. She also played in the semi-final the last time at the U.S. Open. Uh, my heart bleeds for her not to even clean sheet to, to make us celebrate as Africans that an African has won a Grand Slam in, in our time as uh, tennis followers. I want to believe our time will come because every top eight top 10 in the female circuit have the tendency to win any grand slam or any competition they beat one another nobody is supreme in the female circuit they beat one another i think it is the readiness it is the it is the the current form that prevails at every time but in the past two three grand slams this lady has been in the last four so it it gives a promise that if you can be in the last four in a very 
tough competition like a Grand Slam twice in a year, it means somehow you have the potential to win a Grand Slam. I am looking at the next season for her to come up and hold a trophy for us as Africans, for us to celebrate her as the winner of a Grand Slam tournament. I think the, the, the future is good for her. The time is near for her to win. If you play in the semi-final of a Grand Slam, you are as good as a winner of a Grand Slam. It means if you try and focus more, train more, you can get it. And I pray she gets it. Do you think Nigeria has potential to produce a player like Oz Jabo to compete favorably in international and national tournaments? It's unfortunate for us to not to do this from the Nigeria angle. We have the potential, we have the skills here, but somehow exposure and uh, some other things from our own angle has affected us. For an African like a Tunisian doing it, he has our back to go all the way. Yes, why not? Why not indeed? That's Nigerian tennis analyst Adekunle Salami, and he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lagos, Nigeria. Another big recent tennis story was the retirement of 41-year-old Swiss star Roger Federer. In his retirement announcement, the 20-time Grand Slam singles champion Thank the fans who supported him throughout his long career. Above all, I must offer a special thank you to my unbelievable fans. You will never know how much strength and belief you have given me. The inspiring feeling of walking into full stadiums and arenas has been one of the huge thrills in my life. Without you, those successes would have felt lonely rather than filled with joy and energy. The last 24 years on tour have been an incredible adventure. While it sometimes feels like it went by in 24 hours, it has also been so deep and magical that it seems as if I've already lived a full lifetime. I've had the immense fortune to play in front of you in over 40 different countries. I have laughed and cried, felt joy and pain, and most of all, I have felt incredibly alive. Through my travels, I've met many wonderful people who will remain friends for life who consistently took time out of their busy schedules to come and watch me play and cheer me on around the globe. Thank you. Thank you, Roger Federer. I consider myself lucky to have watched you play professional tennis so gracefully, so beautifully the past 24 years. And so did these tennis fans at the All England Lawn Tennis Club, where Roger Federer won eight of his 20 Grand Slam titles at Wimbledon. To me, he's the Jordan of tennis um, style, class, amazing tennis player. So I've been watching him since I was like, you know, 15. So it's definitely my favorite. I'm a little bummed. Um, I wish that uh, he would have played. I don't know if he ever played Alcaraz, but I would have liked to have seen that. Um, or maybe he's just like, oh, I've seen that kid play. I don't know if I want to play him anymore. So he threw in the towel, but definitely bummed to see him uh, to see him retire. And it's kind of crazy because we were coming, we wanted to come and see Wimbledon. And then this morning I saw that he retired. So it's like, oh my gosh, what's ironic coincidence. But uh, yeah, definitely my favorite. I just said it the other day, like Federer will always be my favorite greatest tennis player of all time but 
um, yeah, sad day for tennis. Everyone knows Roger Federer and what he's achieved on a, on a tennis court and, and no more so than here at Wimbledon where he's won eight titles and he'll be missed every year now from the grass. It just won't be the same without him. You know, you look forward to Wimbledon, you look forward to watching Federer in centre court. I know I queued up a couple of years ago when, and uh, my intentions was to get a... a to, to get to see Roger and sent to court because once you experience that you, 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 yeah, that's pretty much the pinnacle in tennis so yeah he was my favourite his style he was just so fluid and uh, made it look easy never sweat <laughs> even when it was tough mat- tough points he just was uh, he was like one of a kind I mean he played like a classical game like the old Australians almost if you want to say I think each one has their own strengths but I think overall, as a, his game, you know, across all parts of his game, I think he is full. I think he's. I would say he's a, he's a player who's complete in all aspects of the game, and that's why I think you know, he's a true champion. A true champion, indeed. You've been listening to fans at Wimbledon reflecting on the retiring tennis great Roger Federer. Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Now let's go to the southern U.S. city of Charlotte, North Carolina, where the Quail Hollow Golf Course is getting great scores for its hosting of the recent President's Cup Tournament. George McNeely reports from Charlotte. Sonny, as someone who's covered global sporting events from Olympics to Super Bowls to the FIFA World Cup, I can assure you that venues matter greatly. And in the afterglow of Team USA's victory in the President's Cup, Quail Hollow was simply exceptional. Credit the PGA Tour, tournament director Adam Sperling and his team, as well as global partners like Rolex, which arranged for me to join a handful of journalists in a sit-down over the weekend with the founders of the feast, Johnny and John O'Harris. Johnny, the club president, was kind enough to take us back to April 13, 1959, where it all began. There were 25 men that gathered at my father and mother's home at night and talked about uh, starting a golf club, and really only because they were having problems getting tea times at the club they were a member of, and they'd have to call up on Thursday morning at 8 o'clock to get a tea time on, on Saturday or Sunday. And that drove them crazy because there was a, a level of frustration about that. So they decided to build a golf course and 
dad got Arnold to come here. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, Arnold said, look, you guys build a golf course, I'll, I'll, I'll get the tour to come here. And one of his best quotes was, you know, one of the guys said, well, can we build a golf course good enough that the pros will want to come play? He said, well, if you put up enough money, they'll play down Independence Boulevard. <laughs> you know? but, but, but I think that was those men build a place for fellowship and friendship, the game and enjoying the game, and then to bring the best players in the world here. Johnny Harris referencing his old friend Arnold Palmer, who helped bring Quail Hollow to life opening in 1961. Then in 1997, the course was completely reimagined. We had a golf course that had been designed by George Cobb, who had done the par three in Augusta. And we had Tom Fazio come in and change it. And all of a sudden, the guys that really weren't, had heard bad things about our golf course, because it wasn't a great championship golf course. All of a sudden, what Tom did really created some real enthusiasm with the players. A few years later, the PGA Tour returned and now stages the annual Wells Fargo Championship here. Quail Hollow has hosted a PGA Championship in Charlotte, and now perhaps the best President's Cup to date. Capacity crowds each and every day. As we sat in the Rolex Chalet overlooking what's known as the Green Mile, the finishing holes here, Johnny's son Jono tackled a tough question. What's next? Like, do you want a Ryder Cup? Do you want to go have a U.S. Open? Do you want to have whatever, right? I think we're in a position now where we've done we've done some pretty good things and i think i hope that people understand those things were done because of partners and we feel like if we have the right partnership we can accomplish something pretty special that may be a little bit different whatever that is um and i think at the end of the day if we can be part a small part of the game under the right conditions in growing the game of golf, that's what we should do. John O. Harris, president of Lincoln Harris Real Estate Developers, ushering Quail Hollow into the future while helping to grow golf in Charlotte, North Carolina and globally. For the sunny side of sports, I'm George McNeely at the President's Cup in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> Thanks, George. Hi, I'm Francis Tiafo. You're listening to Sunny Side of Sports on Voice of America. Francis Tiafo is inspiring young tennis players here in the USA and in his parents' homeland of Sierra Leone. In this encore Sunny Side of Sports presentation, VOA's Jackson Vungani reports. Francis Tiafo's thrilling run at this year's U.S. Open ended after his loss in the semifinals to Carlos Alcaraz at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. The 24-year-old Sierra Leonean-American Tiafo calls his run at the U.S. Open a Cinderella story. I mean, anybody can do it, honestly. Obviously, that's a cliche, but I think uh, if you're really passionate about something, everybody's got a gift. Um, just kind of just tapping into that and, um, and really taking it seriously. Um, and if you're truly, truly passionate about something, I think anything can happen um, and being just obsessed with it. Right now, I'm just really obsessed with tennis, and I want to see how far I can go with this thing. You know, everyone loves this in the real story, so, I mean, let's try and make one. Even though Tiafo didn't win the U.S. Open Championship, he continues to be an inspiration to thousands of young tennis players around the world, 
including these young tennis players in Freetown, Sierra Leone. Because for a tennis player to reach that kind of level, that kind of level, it will take him much, much training, like training harder every day, every hour, minutes, and like training is not, is not that much easier. That is Messe Conte. She practices each day at this Sierra Leonean Tennis Association facility in the capital, Freetown. Tatu Conte is a junior champion. She says that. It takes a lot of patience and discipline to achieve that level of success in tennis. I've been following him when he was struggling with his dad and mom, sleeping on the tennis court, finding it difficult to have facilities, even to have sponsors, to have coach. It was not easy for him. But now since he loved the sport and there are opportunities, so now he's playing well. One thing I've learned is that you have to be you have to love the game, passion for the game because for Francis to reach to that level, it takes patience. It was not easy. So. Amadou Bangura is the Sierra Leone tennis head coach. He says that his students continue to be inspired by Tiafo. You need something to take you to that um, to that level, to go as far as where Francis Tiafo is at this time, or more than to be a world, I mean, world number one. That's Sierra Leone tennis coach Amadou Bangura. And thanks to VOA's Jackson Vunganyi for that report. And that wraps up the September 27th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.